It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of months in Our favorite verse, my God, a freshman Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday and that thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Podcast. I'm Herschel Gurley. We are a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Boss Dog. Boss, market to people. What's up, Dog Nation? Got a little bit to catch up on. Just going to kind of talk about what's going on in the world of the dogs. Uh, also going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and uh, Tom Brady's quote-unquote sea legs, which were the highlight of the internet the past couple days. Boy, they sure were. Tom Terrific was getting after it, and I am here for it, brother. I mean, look, you win your seventh Super Bowl. If, if you're not getting lit during the boat parade, I, I don't know if anybody in America could identify with you. So I, that may be the most identifiable Tom Brady moment ever. So I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. No, it was great. Yeah. It, it was awesome. Plus, what an awesome thing. Like, cool part about playing for a team that's in a town on the water, have a little boat championship parade. Like, that's just A, a plus. boat parade. How yeah. awesome is that? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's A plus, man. I like that. So, well, all right, look, I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but, homie, we ain't going to bury the lead here. Biggest news of 2021. College football is back. On the video games, homie. It is. I mean, monumental announcement. This is probably something that's sad for us to even talk about. Both our wives probably be just (laughs) full of shame and disappointment. But if y'all knew the number of hours that me and boss spent playing NCAA college football on PlayStation in our high school and college years, I mean, it's – look. If, if Gladwell was correct, if Malcolm Gladwell was correct in his book Outliers and 10,000 hours of doing something makes you an expert, then, homie, we are EA Sports NCAA football Jedis. Like, That's like accurate. We, ha- we, we have lightsabers for PlayStation controllers when it comes to NCAA football. I'm just going to put it like that. So, yeah. I'm just going to let you kind of bark on that for a minute. I'm just so excited about it, clearly. It was a, a very, very happy day for me. And uh, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but wives wept everywhere. And that is an accurate statement because it's what's missing, especially for our generation, what's missing in our lives. And then the kids coming up, like, you know, the, the college football kids, they're going to want to play as themselves. But for us, 
I mean, the greatest thing ever was building up a, a small school. People today don't know anything about that. Like we used to take, we used to build schools with like 2000 people stadiums and build onto that crap dynasty mode. I mean, that, those were the greatest things ever. The Piscataway Trojans as we used to build, you know, <laughs> way back. In That's the day. it. That's and, it. And we used to create characters that were like, I don't know, one star fullbacks to turn them into, you know, Heisman Trophy winners. I, it's just, NCAA was the greatest. And I understand the reason why they had to put the hiatus on it. I get it. But with the name image likeness stuff coming, it, it was inevitable that they were going to bring it back eventually. Now, the worst part about it was they made the announcement. And then a couple of days later, they're like, it's probably not going to happen until 2023. So oh, it's like yeah. they give you that that they give you that huge excitement and then it's like a gut punch a couple of days later. So it's like, yeah, but well, so it's funny, man. Like I, I must have been the only person on the Internet that was just immediately prepped for there to be like a big delay until it was released. Like I, it was cracking me up because people were tweeting at uh, current players like if they were going to play with themselves on the game come you know like july August. release yeah, yeah and i'm like i'm like folks like it, it ain't it definitely ain't happening in 2021 yeah. and i i would be shocked if it's out in 2022 and like to be honest with you i don't even think that has anything to do with the nil stuff like i think that has to do with um just the development of it right like they haven't developed the game since 2013 so homie, a lot of stuff has changed and they're going to have to make it right. I think that's the other part that EA needs to be real careful about. This is almost like remaking the Star Wars franchise, right? Like you got people that are pot invested in this game that are going to have just enormous expectations for the release. And they've got to know as a company as a, and as a brand, they got to get it right. And so they're not just going to rush it out willy nilly. I mean, dude, I think a lot of people, probably you and me included, would be perfectly okay with them just releasing it in its 2013 iteration with <laughs> updates, right? Yeah, but exactly. They're not. They're not going to do that. I mean, you're working with. Let's see. What was the gaming system in 13? I was still playing on my PS. PS3. Yeah, yeah I was PS3. On my PS3. So, and what? We're at PS5 now? Five I'm not now. a loop on this. I'm old. Yeah. I'm old. But, PS5. So they got to figure all that out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be awesome. To your point, I've played the old one. I've played 2014, which was for the 2013 season, on uh, PS3 with my son, just to kind of introduce him to it. And it was fun, man. Like, he was, he was kind of into it, but I do think kids today are a little bit different than we were because I had to play one button mode with him so that he could just call the play and it was just one read pop because, I mean, it was just too – it was so complicated. And I sat there and I would try to explain to him, like, okay, dude, we're going to snap it and then you, like, got to find the open letter. Like, just look at the field and then hit the letter. And, dude, it was – he was getting so frustrated. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like we learned football games playing Tecmo Bowl and games like that, that had, there were literally three routes and no one was ever open. You just threw it to your best player and nine times out of 10, they caught it. 
and there were what two running plays maybe three so and then it got gradually more advanced and we learned with it nowadays games come out and they're advanced and they're not learning with it so it's it's a little bit more complicated for kids these days yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm i'm obviously excited and we'll be counting the days till they do release it and like can you imagine the sales they're gonna do like it's going to be insane. Absolutely insane. I also want to pivot off this because I have to comment. I don't even really want to give it any airtime just because I think he's such a loser. And I, I, I never understand how people like this get into sports and covering sports. But anyways, Darren Ravel comes out with the tweet just to be the ultimate Debbie Downer, right? Talking about how it won't be the real players and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, homie, this just tells me that you never played the game. Like, Never in was thir- in 13, you could hop on the internet and have all the rosters and the updated attributes within like an hour. So you telling me that ain't going to be the case now? Like, I mean, just kick rocks there, Robel. Like stop trying to pour cold water on the most fire announcement of 2021. Like get out of here. So yeah, that was uh, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it'll be worth it. I do think they need to get cool with it and, do some things that weren't in the game previously. Like I think if you start a dynasty mode, right. And let's say I want to go to, um, I don't know, Arkansas state to start my dynasty mode. If I am becoming successful at Arkansas state and growing the brand, I should have options to like go out and give a talk, to the donor clubs throughout Arkansas to raise money based on the achievements that we've had and then build facilities like build an indoor facility or build a new weight room or add a recruiting lounge to the football stadium, just like they've been doing at UGA. Right. Like, and then when you do those things, you should get extra like recruiting things. You can go on the road and holler at kids about. So I think that's one thing. And then somebody brought this up. Maybe it was Andy Staples. Maybe it was Andy Staples. Said when you recruit in the old game, it used to be when they committed, you couldn't talk to them anymore. So, like, if they committed on October 10th, you couldn't talk to them, even though signing day at that point in time wasn't until February. And Andy was like, that's when the recruiting starts is when they commit. And so (laughs) – I like that idea. I think that should be an update in the game that if they commit, you should still be able to put resources into them. Right. Yeah. So, cause they, yeah. they become your biggest recruiters when they commit. Right. Exactly. So I, I think, I think to make things more realistic like that, that that'd be cool. And then I think there should be a uniform piece to it. And maybe it's something that you unlock, but you should be able to add uniform options to not only wear in your next season, but then also use as recruiting tools for kids. Cause like, I mean, look, Oregon built a brand and a program on having uniforms. And I think you're seeing that more and more across the country with different programs, having alternate uniform options and theme uniform options and all this kind of stuff. And I think that should be something that you could do in the game. Cause I think that's an active part of like building the program and or recruiting. So, again, I don't know how you make that a function, whether it's you got to unlock that through achievement on the field or whatever. But, dude, partner up with Nike on that. Like, they had the Spark stuff for the Nike training facility. 
And uh, yeah, I think it'd be cool to do that with Nike. Now, obviously, not all schools are Nike, so I don't know. Maybe they have to work around that, but figure it out. I, I think that's a cool yeah, idea. exactly. There's going to be a lot of add-ons to it. I think that you know, in-game purchases and stuff like that that you can add on to it. And there's going to be unlockables. But in the beginning, I think that with the next-gen technology that comes out. Now, I, I haven't played a PS5 yet. I mean, they're damn near impossible to find. But even the next-gen technology from PS3 to PS4 is so advanced that that if, even if they put out the first time, even with the years that they're going to have to put into it, the first game is probably not going to be up to expectation because there's going to be such a large gap that people are going to be probably a little let down. And it's going to take them a year or two to work out the kinks with the with the new system because – we don't want just a regurgitation of the Madden game because that was the cool thing about NCAA is that it was different than the NFL product. It felt different. The gameplay felt different. It never felt just this, like you were playing in college game with you know, or the um, NCAA game with NCAA players, but playing just like the Madden gameplay. The, it, everything felt different. And I remember like, you know, we would play with other kids that we went to school with in college and you know, there was Madden players and there was NCAA players. They were, and it was vastly different skill set. So I really hope that we don't just get a regurgitation of, you know, current Madden, you know, platform. Yeah, that's a phenomenal point. They are absolutely different games that also had different gameplays. And I always, my preference was always college football. I thought it, you know, honestly, I thought it was a smoother gameplay. I always thought the online play was better. I don't know. I just, Look, Madden was fine, but I, I always liked NCAA a little bit better. I thought the playbook variation was better, too, just because so many different schools had so many different offenses. I also think they're really going to have to work on what the action looks like in with all of the zone read stuff that's prevalent in the game now, right? Like, there were a couple offenses in the game that looked something like that, but, dude – you got to think now every play is like a, we may pull here, right? We may pull and throw or we're going to ride and then run. They're going to have to figure that out and make that look right. Um, So it, so it works well, I think. Um, So yeah, I agree with you. I think they need to take their time on it and do a good job with it because again, the expectations are just going to be astronomical. And as a brand, they want to make sure that it translates. Um, I also thought it was interesting. They rebranded it. It's going to be called like what? EA Sports College Football or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's a different name, which whatever. I mean, I, I could care less what they call it. Um, hey. All right, who do you think is going to be – I guess it will depend somewhat on what year it comes out, but who do you think first cover athlete's going to be? Well, I think we go by year. So let's say it came out this year. I think you're looking at, you know, Fields or Lawrence. Um, comes out 22 – you're probably looking at um, – I mean, it could be somebody we don't know yet, but just off the top of my head. God, that's a good question. So this is what I would do. The first year that it releases – so say it releases 2023, and it's essentially been 10 years. I know it hasn't been 10 years exactly, but we'll just say 10 to make it an even number. I would release it with 10 cover options, and I would place them regionally. And then if you're online buying, you can pick whichever cover option you want. And I would have, I, you know, they can do what they want, but I would have a player from the 10 previous seasons as the opposite covers, right? 
And look, obviously the, the easy one, the cop out on that is just to have the 10 Heisman winners, but that wasn't always who the cover athlete was like, dude, remember the year in, I guess it was, gosh, I can't remember what year, but it was after they had the big Fiesta Bowl win and Jared Zabransky was the cover athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm cool with that. Like, I think, I think that was a cultural thing, like Boise state winning that Fiesta Bowl. And so do something like that, right? Like make it some athlete that was electric that year or whatever. Like, I think this year, those are one and the same. I think the Heisman winner and the most electric athlete are the same. I think it's Devonte Smith. Like, I think you have to have a cover with him, but then in other years, it's a different proposition. Right. So I, I think that that's what I would do just cause I think that's kind of cool and ties it into the history um, and gives those kids who were playing when the game wasn't represented some representation. So that's what I'd like to see. I think that'd be kind of fun. But we'll see. They'll, they'll do something good, man. I think they always did a really good job of branding and marketing, and I don't doubt that they'll continue that now. So I think it'd be cool. All right, let's shift and talk a little bit. Uh, well, since it's current, let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, what was – well, let's just do – what were your takeaways from the whole playoff run and Super Bowl itself? Did you think the COVID impact, the lack of a full stadium impacted it, or was it still – fun and still a legitimate Super Bowl Sunday to you as a fan. The Super Bowl is a spectacle. Like it's the, the Super Bowl itself always feels like not a real football game, so to speak, as you know, the championship Sunday, like the NFC and ASU championship games. So I, as far as COVID affecting it, I don't really think it affected it, you know, more so than all the other, you know, celebrities being in attendance. It never really feels like, you know, a real football game and it being in a home stadium, like, you know, I mean, that was a cool aspect of it, but it didn't really feel any different than if it was, you know, a random, you know, Sunday at Raymond James Stadium, in my opinion. So as far as the the game, the game itself, I mean, the Bucks defense was the story of that game. I, I mean, you know, you can talk about the refs all you want, but I mean, realistically, it was the Bucks defense. They had no answer whatsoever in any way, shape, and form. I mean, that and the fact that the wide receivers and the offensive line could, didn't help Mahomes at all. But as far as the game itself, I mean, kind of a dull Super Bowl. Kind of reminded me of the, the old NFC, AFC Super Bowls of the 90s when they were just blowouts. Um, it really wasn't that all that entertaining as a game. you know. But as far as the season goes, I mean, they, did, they played every game. I mean, you can't ask for more than that in, in this type of atmosphere. Uh, I mean, just like with college football, they played almost every game. They finished the season. They did what they set out to do, and they stuck to their protocols. They moved games when they had to, and the NFL didn't have to cancel any games. And you can't ask for anything else than that. And for all these people that complain about it, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, and they did what they had to do to get the games in. Yeah, I think the sports industry has evolved and just figured out that they're going to have to run their business given the confines of the pandemic. And I think they're, they're all going to continue to do that, whether it's the NBA or whether it's major league baseball or whatever, I think they're all just going to keep trucking. And I, to be honest with you, I fully expect, even if things haven't changed from a fan capacity perspective, I fully expect there to be a full season, like a normal season schedule wise next year for Georgia, like in for college football at large, I just, I think they're just going to operate 
you know, inside whatever parameters are put in place, but I think they're going to get back to normal just because it's one of these things now where I think people are trying, it's less about just all about avoiding the virus and more about, look, let's figure out how we're going to operate given the reality that we're dealing with. So I it's expect becoming to be, part of everyday life now. That's just, it, yeah. it is what it is. It's, it's just, it is life. So let's, let's adapt and move on instead of changing our everyday aspect of our life to fit around this virus. We're going to fit our life into the virus basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm with you. I didn't think the Super Bowl changed at all from like an atmosphere perspective. It's, it's a spectacle, man. Like it is an event. Um, maybe more so than any sporting event I've ever attended. I think it's just an event. Like it's one of those things where even if you don't have a dog in the fight or a team in it or rooting interest, it's something I think as a fan, you should go to. Uh, I felt that way about a football weekend at Notre Dame. I think, I think that's similar. I think even if you don't care about Notre Dame or care about the teams playing in the game, you owe it to yourself if you're a college football fan to make that trip feel the same way about the Rose bowl. I would imagine the world series would feel the same way or the NBA finals. I feel like just the enormity of the event, but what I think makes the super bowl so special is it's a one-off, right? It's a one day, one time thing, winner take all. I just think there's a lot of juice wrapped around that. Um, I think the final four would be cool that way. So um, yeah, I, I didn't feel like it, it took anything away from it. And uh field looked gorgeous. I thought the playing service looked incredible, um, which is always kind of a hallmark of that game for me. I am of the opinion that that game should always be played outside and always be played either in the state of Florida or the state of California. And my reasoning behind that is the playing surfaces just look so, so good. And I think it makes for great TV. Like I always loved it when they used to play it at the Rose Bowl um, because it just looks so good. And uh, I think that should be taken into account. So, dude, to your point, man, Chiefs just – they just – they were stuck. I thought I thought the story of the playoffs, not just Super Bowl, was the Bucks defense. And I don't really think they got enough credit for their role in that run. So, yeah. Uh, so, I guess to pivot to the college side of it and the Georgia stuff, they announced G-Day, April 17th. Love hearing that. I really, really hope – it is at least a capacity figure like it was for the season. So some people can go watch G day um, practice starting March 16th. And it seems like from the videos coming out of Georgia football socials that they're working out, man. And it's going to be as normal and off season as, as can be given again, the confines of the pandemic. So love to see that. I think it's good for the kids. I think it's good for all the programs to get some normalcy. Uh, were you surprised that they announced G-Day and, or, hey, we're going to roll with it? Or was that kind of your expectation after there was a what I would call successful SEC football season? I wasn't surprised that they announced it. It will be – and I won't be surprised if, it, if everything goes smoothly because Georgia has been very candid about, you know, releasing numbers and everything like that. Like we're not going to know if – there's people we're not going to know if there's people that get it we're not going to know if there's people that are you know affected by the virus and that's perfectly fine we don't need to know and i I think that things need to go back to you know status quo for for the program and i think that that's kirby's goal at this point he wants a normal spring practice especially with all the early enrollees i think we have 16 or something like that it's something ridiculous 
it's um, a 14, big number 14 or 16 and early enrollees i mean those kids need as much practice as possible especially in the secondary because they're going to be counted on this year so until they tell him not to he's going to go with you know spring practice just like normal yeah i agree man and i think too a piece of that is they they are very cognizant of what they have coming back and they've got a really good shot to make a run and so i think they want to take advantage of every opportunity for those kids to grow and to learn within that system and man i i I know we were probably like this last year too. I will caveat that with when we were talking about this a lot in the offseason last year, the expectation was Jamie Newman was going to play quarterback. So I think we should get a pass for that. But, um, man, I just I just have a really, really good feeling about how they are going to look Labor Day weekend in Charlotte against Clemson. I think it's going to come out and just be a real big statement. And man, they just seem – they seem like a unit. Like they just seem – focused and together and it's it's going to be awesome and i think g day is the first day to kind of celebrate that and start that journey so that's why i really really hope i mean i I definitely think g day is going to happen i just hope g day happens with fans yeah i I think we'll get you know 25 28 in there with at minimum but g day is also we're a little more than two months away at this point who knows what the vaccination situation is going to be at that point for, for the virus. I mean, it, we could be at 50% capacity. It's in with it being different state by state with state regulations, who knows what it's going to be. Um, I mean, who knows what it's going to be in September opening day uh, in Stanford. I mean, we could be at 75% capacity. We just don't know. There's too many variables at this point, And we really are just, would be just speculating at this point. I think at minimum, we're going to get what we got last year, especially for G-Day. But come September, it would not surprise me if we're 50, 50% capacity, 75% capacity. I don't think you're going to see full stadiums in the fall. I don't think they're going to chance that yet until there's more of a data on the vaccine. Um, I, I just don't see the state governments risking that yet. I think we're more looking at 22 before you're going to see packed stadiums again. Well, I'm not optimistic at all that uh, Bank of America Stadium is going to be at capacity, number one, because North Carolina's government has given no indication that that's something they're amenable to. I think the other complicating factor in that is NFL Stadium. I would be shocked if the Panthers and the NFL don't have some dominion over what's going to happen from a capacity perspective there. So that that will be interesting to watch. I, I agree with you, though. I think the SEC states – there may be some some more capacity than, say, other parts of the country. I mean, I think that showed during the SEC season. I, I would venture a guess. I mean, I don't have hard evidence on this, but I'd venture a guess that the SEC probably had more fans than anybody else. So um, I think that number will increase for sure. Uh, I want to talk to you about the top golf at Sanford. Um, no, you're not a huge golf guy, but it's this is more – I want to talk about it from the continuation of – Josh Brooks's vision as an athletic director and further evidence of why he was the correct choice to take over for Greg McGarity. His vision is clear. Uh, In my opinion, it's build the brand of UGA, get it in front of as many people as possible to build the positive image of UGA and 
the more people that get inside those hedges for more events, I've read that he wants to have concerts inside Sanford, which I mean, sign me up any day of the week. That'd be a great venue to see a live, a live show. Once concerts are able to happen again. I mean, you know me, I love live music. It doesn't matter, you know, where it is go dive bar, you know, 90,000 person stadium. I'm there. So his vision for UGA is clear and he was the perfect choice. And I mean, we were talking about it when the, when he was named interim, he was always the perfect choice. It was a matter of whether the brass was going to make that hint, make that correct choice or not. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I think the feedback too, from the former athletes, uh, not just football, but across the athletic department has been great. And so I think that's a great endorsement and I don't know, man, I'm just excited. I think it's going to be a phenomenal partnership between him and Kirby. And I look forward to seeing the growth on that. And I think this top golf deal is just another step in that direction. And man, I I'm with you. I think the, the logical step is to have concerts at Sanford. And doesn't that seem like an, a fairly straightforward endeavor in the summer months? I mean, nothing's happening there anyways. So I would caveat it, like have it in June. Right. So the field's not messed up and all those type things, but I I think they should do that, especially given the amount of connections to the music industry Athens has. I I just think it's a no brainer. Um, Like when they had, like when they had Al Dean and Luke Bryan, like I thought that was smart. Other than it being absolutely hotter than hell, uh, it's a perfect place. For yeah. I mean, most concerts, especially you know the summer concert tours, you know the stadium series for especially big country music stars, they play in NFL stadiums. Well, college stadiums are bigger; they can hold more people, so that's obviously better venues. And I'm not just talking about Athens, but any college venue is is bigger. Most of them, when they play NFL stadiums, I mean, let's just take Virginia for example. People will play. FedEx, which is 60,000. They can't pull the full 60. The Washington football team stadium, they can't pull the full 60 because they can only, they put the the stage at one end, one end zone and then out. So behind that end zone is there's no, there's no fans because you can't see anything. So yeah. that's realistically 40,000 ish plus whatever's in the pit. So you're looking at probably 50, you know, you put that in Stanford, you're probably looking at 75, 80,000. Think about the extra revenue that that brings in. Then you throw in concessions and, you know, merchandise and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, the, the monetary value is there plus the exposure. Then the talk of if it's people talk about how great a venue it is, and then that brings in future talent to want to play there. It just brings in so much more exposure. Plus man, it's a boon for businesses in downtown Athens. That is accurate as well. And I love that, man. I, especially given what went on this year, any opportunity to get um, dollars in the pockets of small business owners in the classic city, man, I'm, I'm here for that. So, all right. Last thing I want to talk to you about, we crowned our first champion in the Saturday in Athens weekly pick em contest from our guest pickers, Chase Kelly from seven, six apparel took the title and got, in my humble opinion, the most electric title belt in the history of all title belts, the people's belt. 
and homie, that thing is just flames. Like, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, you know, give myself a shoulder problem trying to pat ourselves on the back, but homie, that thing is electric. Well, in case you can't tell, we we are both grew up diehard wrestling fans, and what the the garbage that's on TV now is not wrestling, folks. Uh, it is it is just not. So we are both fans of the People's Champ. So anyone want to afford this over to the Rock? You know, we'll be gladly you know take any props from him. Um, yes, but uh, uh, we we love we love championship belts. We love championship matches. You know, it, and we will always have a prop tied into wrestling in some way. So anyone want to take a look at our belt and give it a look, you know, please do. So on that point, and I'm just going to spitball this out loud right here because we texted about it, but I would be interested from the listeners to know if they would have any interest in participating in a Saturday in Athens Pick'em League next year where we would list the 10 games that the guest picker is going to pick. And they there could be like kind of weekly prize set up, full season payout, and they could pick against not just the, the guests, but against us. And I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. We could do something cool with that. Maybe the, maybe we could do a giveaway during the week based off the guests that we have. I don't know. Do some cool stuff like that. So give us some feedback on that. Let us know if that'd be something you'd be interested in because that's easy to set up. And I think it'd be a cool way to kind of have some community around um, college football season and the dogs and um, something we could all talk to ask each other about. And who knows, maybe, maybe we would make a secondary belt for the listener winner. I mean, the more belts, the better, brother. Yeah, I, let's be realistic. Everybody wants a belt. And, I, did, and also- I, I did drop the ball on this. I, I should have got, you know, for, for the co-hosts here, I should have got us the tag team belts. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we just wear them every time we, we tape. We just wear the belts. We just wear the belts. Just permanent champs. Permanent champs. I like that. So, well, congratulations to you. You you did beat me this year overall. So, you know, got me beat up by three games. Shoot, so. man. That, that season won't nothing to write home about. We we get we got up the game next year. Well, you did come on fire at the end. You know, I was kicking your ass all season until the last three weeks. I know. So. I got hot, I got hot at the end. See, that's what happens to me, though, man. I, I hate picking at the beginning of the year because I don't have a feel for, like, what the teams are and what they're going to do. Man, by about the midway point, I feel pretty good about picking numbers on that kind of stuff just because you've got an idea from watching games what people are going to do. And obviously you get the random weekend where maybe somebody doesn't show up like you think they're going to. But I would be interested to know, we didn't track this, but we should. And my record was probably horrendous because I'm sure I picked them every week. But I would be interested to see what our record was picking dogs games because I just have no barometer on that whatsoever. It's just straight homer. So – Generally, regardless of the number, I'm just going to pick them to cover it. <laughs> well, I could, I could probably tell you right now off the top of my – like, we could probably do it right now. We lost Arkansas. Now we, we won. covered that. That was a late cover. Oh, that was a late cover. That was a late cover. You, We covered, covered Auburn. You covered Auburn. Yeah. I did not. So, um, Tennessee. I, th- I think that was a late cover, too. I think that was a, think that was a late cover. Lost Bama. Lost Bama, I lost Florida for sure. Oh, I had them big in Florida. Lost Florida, lost Mississippi State. One South Carolina. One South Carolina. Oh, uh, lost Kentucky. Lost Kentucky for sure. One South Carolina and one um, – One Mizzou. One Mizzou. 
So whatever that equals, folks, I, you know, I'm good at math, but I, I lost track. Of that. I think that's what. Uh, oh, then, I would. And I would have lost Cincy because I would have lost him in that one. Yeah, I would have so, lost that. So what's that? Because I, uh, I, I loved, loved capital L, that number. It was like six and a half. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that number. I would have. So I would have made five losses. Five losses. Yeah, I would have made some ill-advised financial choices at that number. So, all right, homie. Well, that's about all I got this week. Go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.